Thank you for listening to the Grace Hill Podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. So by show of hands, and let, let's, be, let's be honest here, we're, we're one big happy family. By show of hands, how many have said this phrase uh, once or twice maybe in your life? I forgot. Anybody? Come on. Those of you who are not raising your hands, you're liars. So you forgot. It's probably not necessary to really run through a long list of examples, but just for fun, let's do it. How about that? Uh, how many of you, you may have done it this morning, you may need to check, uh, you forgot one of the clothing stickers that said the size of the garment that you're wearing, and maybe it was a new pair of pants and halfway through the workday, and everybody got to see the size that you are that you left back there. Um, how about this? Uh, how about a recipe that you were cooking and you maybe forgot something in the recipe? Come on, you like either you guys have never eaten before or I mean, come on, yeah, 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 everybody in the room has done this. Okay, uh, how about this? Uh, you are in the middle of a big home project. I mean, your, your hand is like up inside the drywall or something. I mean, you're right in the thick of the home project. And you remembered that when you went to Lowe's or Home Depot, you forgot something really, really, really important. Yes, all the men in the room, raise your hand because you've done it, we've all done it. Uh, I get this phone call, there's a couple days uh, during the week where my wife leaves the house before I do, and I get this phone call every single time she leaves the house before I do. It is this phone call, my phone rings, I answer the phone, I say, yes, honey. She says, I forgot to turn my straightener off can you turn my straightener off for me? Anybody else in here forgot to turn on a major appliance that could burn your entire home down? You forgot to turn it off, yeah. Um, so in my house, we have a almost 14-year-old daughter, a 12-year-old daughter, a nine-year-old daughter, and a five-and-a-half-year-old son. Needless to say, we have been doing preschool for many years, many, many, many years. As a matter of fact, our youngest goes to, to kindergarten next year, and we're excited because we get a raise. I mean, we're really, really looking forward to not paying for preschool anymore. This is first time in 14 years we won't be doing this. But I had a new experience happen to me a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it is about 310 I am sitting in the car line at Carville Middle School, which if you don't know, it is like Black Friday at Target. I mean, it's insane every single day. The line's out, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's about 3.10, I'm sitting in the middle of car line and my phone rings. And it's not my wife asking me to turn her straightener off, but I do recognize the number. And I answer the phone and the voice on the other end says, Mr. Stockdale, and I said, yes, ma'am. And she said, this is Cody's preschool teacher. We were wondering if you were going to come get him today. It was 50 minutes after the time when Cody was supposed to get picked up. I had forgotten my own son. For the first time in 14 years of preschool, I had forgotten a kid at school. But as important as that was to remember, what if you forgot the words of the greatest person who ever walked this planet? And what if the words that you forgot preceded the greatest event that ever took place? And what if the event that you forgot was going to happen would actually be the catalyst to launch the greatest movement 
in all of humanity. And what if you weren't alone in forgetting these words and forgetting this event that launched the greatest movement in all of humanity? What if every single one of the closest followers of this individual, of the greatest human being that ever walked the planet, forgot his words? What if you forgot the most important event in human history? Today we're going to look at that uh, moment in that instance that happened in the Gospel of Luke. You know, Easter Sunday is triumphant. Today, I mean, all the songs that we sing, it's, it's exciting and it's looking ahead and it's looking back and it, and, it, and it lingers in what Jesus Christ accomplished. But what leads up to Easter Sunday morning is horrific. And it shouldn't surprise us, but it surprised those early followers of Jesus because Jesus actually told them that everything that was going to happen was actually going to happen, and it happened just like he predicted. In Luke 9, Jesus said these words. He said, the Son of Man must suffer many terrible things. He will be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law, which happened. He will be killed, but on the third day, he will be raised from the dead. And if you fast forward a few page turns in your scriptures, Jesus was arrested by surprise in a garden. He was betrayed by one of his closest followers. He was tried in an illegal uh, court. He was brutally whipped, flesh just torn apart. He was hung and left to die on a cross. Everything that Jesus said would happen, happened. He was taken off that cross. He was put in a tomb by, that, was, that was owned by a man named Joseph of Arimathea. And two days later, a handful of women, those followers of Jesus, they go back to the tomb to finish what started on Friday, but they couldn't complete it because the Sabbath was coming and the sun was going down. And so they go back to the tomb. They want to complete the burial process. And over these last couple of days, as the followers of Jesus and these ladies that go to the tomb early that morning, maybe the, the gravity of this situation has had an opportunity to really sink in. You know, if you've ever experienced a traumatic li a life moment, you know that a day or two later, that, that's always in, in, when I'm pastoral, when I'm walking through a tragedy with someone, those become the most important days. The, the shock and the reality of the moment, it's there and there's not much you can do, but a day or two later, that's when you need to sit because the gravity and the reality of the loss has set in. It's had enough time. And so, so maybe these ladies, as they're going to the tomb, they've been talking about this the last couple of days and, and they've had time to process this situation. And Luke 24, a very familiar passage, it's the reason why we're here today. Luke 24, an incredibly familiar passage, but I, I wanna draw your attention this morning to a, what I think is a, a really important moment for us to pay attention to in Luke 24. And something that if we're not careful, we're all guilty of doing this in our own lives. 
Luke 24 says this, but very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb taking spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of Jesus. Now again, Luke 9, Jesus' words that he would rise again on the third day, they're not coming to mind. Luke goes on and says this, as they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. And I love these words. I love the words that come from uh, one of the other gospel writers says, uh, uh, angels. I love these words, it says this. The men ask, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? It's the reason why we're here today. They go on and they say this, he isn't here. He's risen from the dead. And in that moment, for these women at this tomb and for the followers of Jesus that were gonna find this news out for the second time, now not predicting, but now after it had happened, everything changed in that moment. The entirety of our gospel that we teach, that we try to live out, that we come underneath, the entirety of the gospel hangs on this declaration. Our faith hangs on this declaration. He is risen from the dead. But Jesus predicted that this would happen. And he told his followers everything that was going to happen would happen, and it did, yet they simply forgot. And the two men at the tomb reminded these ladies of this truth. They go on to say this to them. They say this, remember what he told you back in Galilee. What was it that he told them? That the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. And then here's our hope. Here's the reason why we're here today. And that he would rise again on the third day. There's an incredibly important word in this, in this exchange. That as much as the crucifixion of Jesus was necessary and ordained, so was his resurrection. That he must be and that he must rise again. And these were words, Jesus didn't hide these words from his followers. He, he told this, he told his followers, this is what's going to happen to me. And you have to imagine in that moment, think of the pain that could have been avoided on Thursday, on Friday, and on Saturday, if those early followers of Jesus had just remembered his words. Oh, there still would have been the shock of the moment. There still would have been the brutality that maybe the helplessness of seeing your friend get arrested, of seeing your friend, of, of this person that you're giving your life to, that you're following, that you're risking everything to follow this person, there still would have been the horror of the cross. But the hope that would have been in the midst of the horror would have carried them through those days in a very different way. Imagine the pain that they could have avoided on that Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Instead of coming to finish out the funeral 
that Sunday morning, they would have been coming to the tomb expecting a celebration. But yet they forgot the words of Jesus. And, and I'll speak for myself. I, I'm, maybe I, I can't speak for you, but I would imagine, at least for myself, and maybe it's this way for you, that I am quick to forget the words of Jesus that he has spoken through his word, the promises that he has spoken through his word in my life. And I am often quick to forget that Jesus is and should be the most important thing in my life. And very similar to these early followers of Jesus who forgot that the most important event in human history was going to take place and how the most important event in human history would take place. I am soon and quick to forget that Jesus is the most important thing to me and in my life. So this morning, I want to challenge us just for a few moments with this one thought. And I want in your own life for you to think through the difference that your life could, could be and, and how different your life would look and approach if you would grapple with this reality. And here's the, the challenge for each of us today. The challenge is this, is to fight to not forget the hope of Jesus. Fight to not forget the hope of Jesus. I think back on the pain that I could have avoided, the mistakes maybe that I made, the, the guilt that I carried, the shame that I've carried, the, 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 the sense of being alone or, or whatever it may be in my own life. If I had just remembered the words of Jesus. And, and I can assure you this, this is not a follow Jesus and you're, you won't have any trouble in your life. Follow Jesus and everything will work out rosy and happy and, and everything will just all come together in your life and it'll be wonderful. This is not that kind of follow Jesus. Jesus actually said, in this world you will have trouble. But he also promised victory because he said, take heart, I have overcome the world. And this idea of remembering the truth of, 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 of the gospel and remembering the truth of Jesus and who he is and what he means to all of our life was so important that Paul, the apostle Paul, challenged his young follower, Timothy, in this very area. In 2 Timothy 2, he writes this to, to Timothy. He says this, always remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of David, was what? Was raised from the dead. This is the good news that I preach. In other words, this, if you forget everything else, the reason why we're here today and the reality for your life and what has changed because of this event that we celebrate called Easter Sunday morning, if you forget everything else in your life, always remember that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. What would be different in your life? What would, I've challenged myself with this all week long. What would be different in my life if I would not be so soon, so quick, so easy to forget the reality of Easter, the reality of the hope that we have in Christ, the reality of the, the hope that we have as we, as we strive to live out the gospel in our lives? 
And so you say, well, well, what are the words? Where do I need to start? What, what do I need to look to and look towards as I attempt to hold on to the words of Jesus, to hold on to the truth of, of his promises in my life? What do I need to do? I want to give you one passage of scripture, and, and, and beyond that, I want to encourage you. This is where you go to find the words of Jesus and the words of life and words of hope. But I want to give you one specific place, and I just want to read it over us this morning. And we can take, maybe, maybe we'll take a little bit of hope from this. Because this is what Jesus Christ has done for us. Psalm 103, if you take notes or if you want to bookmark something or if you just want to scribble this out or send yourself a text message, whatever, Psalm 103 is such a powerful passage of Scripture and it is so full of hope. And I just want to read these words that King David wrote. He says this, Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. What does he do? He begins to recount them for us. He says this, he forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. Verse four, he redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. Verse five, he fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like eagles. The Lord, loves right, the Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. He revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all of our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. He dealt with our sin and our failing and our shortcoming. He dealt with that with Jesus on the cross so that he did not have to deal with you in that way. For his unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. And I love this hope. He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows how weak we are. He remembers we are only dust. Our days on earth are like grass, like wildflowers. We bloom and we die. The wind blows and we are gone as though we had never been here before. But the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him. His salvation extends to the children's children of those who are faithful to his covenant, of those who obey his commandments. And then verse 19, the Lord has made the heavens his throne. From there, he rules over everything. You see, we are in our lives forgetful people. And it's easy sometimes to forget God in our daily lives. It's easy to forget time 
forget, forget the time that we need to be spending with God and spending with his people and spending in a setting like this where we're reminded, man, our faith is bigger than ourselves. Our faith is bigger than our circumstances. And we find hope from the strength of other believers. We find hope from the truth of God's word taught and proclaimed and, and sung. It's easy to forget those. But this morning, I wanna, I wanna give you hope from the resurrection and the hope of the truth is this, is that fight to not forget the hope of Jesus because Jesus has not forgotten you. Jesus has not forgotten you. No matter if, if you walk into this place today and you think, man, I can't even remember the last time I oriented my life around the ways and the following of Jesus Christ. I can't even remember a time maybe I set foot in a place like this. I'm not for sure. I can tell you this, that Jesus has not forgotten you in your life. We get this beautiful picture of, of this encounter that Peter, a follower of Jesus, has with Jesus at the end of John's gospel. It's Peter and Jesus on the beach. And Peter was worse in many ways. He was worse than a forgetter because Peter was a denier. When his friend, when Jesus needed him the most, Peter said, I don't even know him. That's actually where we're gonna start the series next week, Two-Face. We're gonna start it with looking at Peter the denier. And I'm gonna go ahead and kind of give you the end of that story with Peter and Jesus this morning. Peter and Jesus are on the beach and I love the fact that Jesus goes to the place that is so familiar for Peter. He meets Peter where Peter is at. Peter had been a fisherman and Jesus goes to the water. Not only that, we see this picture of hospitality that Jesus has to Peter in the fact that Jesus actually cooks breakfast on the beach for this friend who had denied him when he needed him the most. And in this tender exchange between Jesus and Peter, Jesus reminds Peter that even though Peter denied him, Jesus has not forgotten him. Peter probably felt like he deserved to be forgotten because of how he had failed Jesus. But in this moment, Jesus calls Peter by name. Such a, a moment of friendship, such a, a moment of, of intimacy, of relational intimacy between Jesus and Peter. And he extends the call back on Peter's life as in a way to say, hey, I know you failed me. I know you forgot me, worse, denied me. But your failure is not final. And he extends the same words to Jesus that, that he extended to him when they first had their encounter, which were this. Jesus looks to Peter and he says this, follow me. Which are the same words that Jesus extends into your life today. Because even better than Jesus saying, than, than the fact that Jesus has not forgotten you, Jesus extends an invitation to actually follow him. I love what the writer in Hebrews says. Hebrews 13, five says this, for God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. Jesus has not forgotten you, but there is a promise 
from our God of what he will forget. And this is, this is the hope that we have in the resurrection. This is the hope that we carry today. There is a promise in scripture of something that God will forget in our lives. He will forget your sin. If you come to him and you say, Father, I repent. I have failed you. I, 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 have, I have lived my life for myself. Whatever it is that you need to confess and repent of, you repent of your sin. As we read Psalm 103 a while ago, it says that he will cast those as far as the east is from the west. And the writer in Hebrews reminds us again this in Hebrews 8, 12. He says, and I will forgive their wickedness and I will never again remember their sins. That is the promise that we have. That as many times as we have failed Jesus, as many times maybe as we've forgotten him in our life and not lived our lives oriented to the ways of Jesus, as many times as maybe we've failed Jesus in our lives and in our heart, Jesus has not forgotten us. And it's better than that. The only thing he has forgotten if we repent, scripture says, is that he has forgotten our sins. Micah 7, we looked at this a couple of weeks ago, says this, once again, you will have compassion on us. You will trample our sins under your feet and throw them into the depths of the ocean. What Jesus Christ accomplished on the cross and through what he accomplished when he rose from the dead, you are not forgotten, but you are forgiven. And that is the greatest news that we live through and we live under in our lives.